it is hot as balls here. Um, uh, yes, and I was going to ask why you are wearing a beanie. So, it's like, I don't know, it's just a habit at this point, like, because I get pretty massive bedhead in, like, weird ways. So, when I take Pepper out, I'll typically put on a beanie just to, like, hide myself from the world. <laughs> Conceal your shame. Right, right. Because it just doesn't, like, I have to spend time to get it to do anything other than what it's doing when I wake up. and it Exactly. It will do things like, like, I will look like Exodia in the morning. I will look just fucking weird. I'll, I'll look like the rare hunter. Well, you remember a few weeks ago, I put it on my Instagram story when my I woke up and my hair was doing the full Tintin spike directly up in the air. Yeah, but see, like, that's the thing is your hair does Tintin. Like, my hair does, like, Home Alone stuck his hand in the electrical socket. <laughs> it's a look. It's a look. So, yeah, so I'm wearing a beanie. It's actually, like, it's not that bad anymore. It used to be worse. The thing that gets me is the humidity. Because it's just constantly like, oh, I am enveloped in a very warm blanket and can nap right now. Uh-oh. So. That's not good if you're trying to accomplish any task. Right, exactly. Yeah, work has been really interesting. <laughs> Oop, it's nap time. Whoops. Uh-oh. Oops, all nap time. It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 8, Yu-Gi vs. Rare Hunter, colon, Part 2, colon, Up Against Exodia. That's a lot of colons. That's the, the secret uh, part of Exodia that they don't tell you about. <laughs> I play Exodia's colon in defense mode. <laughs> Colon of the Forbidden One. I, you know, if you what? play him without it, he, uh, he, he, he can't keep it in. <laughs> what? He needs surgery. <laughs> you activated my trap card, a bad Tommy. <laughs> um, Jimmy, hello. Hi, Tyler. Uh, I. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, I heard a rumor that you saw the this this the Mister Spitterman. I saw James Spitterman Esquire the Third, colon Far From Home. <laughs> how, how he's the fancy European version of Spitterman. Uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, or what is it in the movie? I don't think this is a spoiler. No, uh, Night Monkey. Night Monkey. That was it. Uh, I talked about it a little bit. Was it last week when I saw it? Two weeks ago now. What were what were your like general spoiler free thoughts on? I think it was a bar? very good like ending coda to the whole MCU just in general. There was a mm. lot of 
good stuff that we got, and it's like a nice breather. It was just a, a fun movie uh, yeah. to to watch after like this massive two part uh, fighting scene that we just saw in over the last two movies. Uh, uh, it was good to see Spider Man and see kind of like kind of show what happened in just the general world after those events while still not being like super intense about it right they they played with it yeah yeah that was the thing i enjoyed the most was like okay i get it we're still in the same world but like it's a spider-man movie you can have some fun and they did yeah and you should have some fun right they've earned it god damn it they have earned it i uh i really liked it Good, and I got there are a text. lot of moments that I was just cheering for. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got a text from you at uh, let's see, one forty-seven a.m. my time. That's all caps, <laughs> and it's kind of a spoiler because it's from the end credit scene. That it's that not, is by definition spoiler. Territory. It's not really germane to the plot, no. but uh, for those of you who are fans of previous Spider's Man. You should go and look at the IMDb page for this movie uh, and get excited. Spiders men. Spiders, spiders, well, spiders persons. Now now that we have, uh, you know, the. Yeah, the, Spider Gwen. Right. Spider Although, Ham. Right. Uh, uh, sp- spider. Sp slash slash der. What? It's the uh, Penny Parker. Oh, the robot. The robot. It's it's not spider. It's sp. It's sp forward slash forward slash der because anime. Spdr. Which I so I realized something. Sorry, speaking of anime and names with two slashes. So I'm playing Duel Links again, mm-hmm. and that's kind of been my week of like I've just reached a point where I wanted to play something on my phone, so I go, oh, Duel Links, my old friend. Uh. And I've got back into it, and I can't say that I'm, like, super happy that I got back into it, uh, but I've realized that the plot of the Duel Links game, because it does kind of have a story, is basically Dot Hack, or not Dot Hack, sorry, um, Sword Art Online. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's just, like, Kaiba made a virtual world, you know, like, uh-huh. in, in the episode last season, and he's summoned people to it, and now they're trapped and have to fight. <laughs> Which okay. is maybe a statement on how I use my phone too much. I'm not really sure. I feel like that's an extreme reach for a mobile game version of Yu-Gi-Oh. I mean, a smidge, yes. But uh, I am rebuilding Kaiba's deck from season one. So I have three blue eyes and a blue eyes ultimate dragon and so on and so forth. Um, How's it been working? Uh, not stellar so far, considering those are like the only good cards I have. <laughs> I did, I did just get Lord of D, uh, and, oh, um, oh boy. uh, our uh, favorite the, and the dragon, the dragon flute, the dragon two, recorder, two dragon flute. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, so that'll maybe help my, my game a little bit, but would you say yeah. you're a third rate duelist with a fourth rate deck? Yes. Why does that sound like it's from something? <laughs> because it's from this show that we watch, Tyler. It's from Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh shit! <laughs> it's an insult Kaiba uses against Joey. I think. Fuck. <laughs> yes. I. I. Yeah. 
in in the in the rankings of of duelists, I am barely at Joey level. I think. <laughs> Fair. I would rank even less if I tried. Well, no, I, I think you can get into it. I I think the the reason that I got back into the game is there's so many just like automations and handholdy things that you don't really have to think about it if you don't want to and then when you Mm. do want to think about it you can so it like helps play the game for you yeah like there's a thing where you can just like auto build a deck uh there's a thing where you can put in this one this part was actually pretty cool there's a new feature where you can put a card into your deck so like blue eyes ultimate dragon for instance sure you can tell it automatically finish the rest of the deck so it'll build a deck sort of around that for you and then at a certain point you can actually have i think i've talked about this before you can have the game auto duel the computer duelists so like to get like gems or experience or new cards or whatever you have to duel people and you can duel either real people which you can't auto duel or these like cpu characters that populate the world and if you don't want to spend the time dueling them, you can just hit auto duel and it'll duel for you. <laughs> so you can this just have this like, completely automated. It's like a clicker game at that point. Uh huh. This sounds like the time when I got, I first got Super Smash Brothers Melee on my GameCube and I was trying to unlock Mewtwo, mm-hmm. but you can only like unlock Mewtwo, one of the ways you could do that was by playing like, I don't know, like a hundred hours, thousand hours of uh, yeah. games. And so just one night I was like, screw it, I'm at like 90 hours or whatever. And so I just let it, I just put in a bunch of computers and let them fight each other until morning. Picked Hell up the yeah. controller and <laughs> unlocked Mewtwo. There it is. That's the way you do it. That's, I mean, you know, when the system gives you a <laughs> a tool to use in that regard, Take advantage of the system. Exactly. Similar to Yugi playing Duel Monsters. That's right. Which is, is that... what the show is about. That was <laughs> my that... attempt at a transition. Is that a segue? Okay. That's a, that's a segue. It's time. That's not a segue. This is a segue. It's time to discuss the episode. Jimmy. This week, we have a very serious episode. (laughs) (laughs) This week's episode, yet again, Season 2, Episode 8, Yugi versus Rare Hunter, colon, Part 2, small colon, up against Exodia. We have your small colon and then your large colon. Right. I'm trying to decide which one's the large and which one's the small. I think think we're actually going to start. It's going to be Yugi versus Rare Hunter, small colon, if the sentence is in, like, order of a creature eating something, like, the Y in Yugi would be the mouth, and then mm-hmm. the colons there would be in colon order, so it would be little and then big. Yeah, 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 okay, that makes sense. And then Exodia would be the butt. Why are we talking about this? Please, I, let's go on. <laughs> I mean, see, I was about to take offense at Exodia being the butt, but Exodia really is kind of the butt this episode. Like, Exodia is the butt of this episode. Rare Hunter makes an ass of Exodia. (laughs) He does. He makes a mockery of what Exodia represents. It's just a shame. Uh, So the translated title for this episode is Reversal Chain Destruction, which is a little bit of a spoiler. 
And I couldn't spoiler. I couldn't actually find a summary of this episode online. My usual summary, like go to, like I usually go to the Wikipedia page, uh-huh. and now it only lists the titles. It doesn't list the summaries anymore. So I know there's one on Netflix, but I just couldn't be <laughs> in the parlance of the people here. You? I couldn't be arsed. Uh, yeah, if you want to look it up, man. Um, Let me pull up Netflix on my phone. Okay. I will say, while you're looking for that, the recap that this episode starts with, this is the only note that I have about the recap, but last episode, I'm realizing, had a real, like, traveler, potion seller kind of vibe to it, like when Joey's <laughs> confronting the rare hunter, and he's going, he, he's essentially saying, potion seller, duel me for cards, and then the potion seller goes, you can't handle my cards. I require I have, your strongest cards. I have no reason to do you again. <laughs> uh, what's potion the, the... seller, <laughs> I, am going in, I am going into tournament, and I require only your strongest cards. Uh, yes. This one's very short. Yugi figures out the rare hunter's strategy, but it is too late. The rare hunter is one move away from victory, and Yugi must stop the unstoppable. Uh, okay, sure, yeah, that, mm, okay. That's, yeah. that's the sort of summary that begs for, like, a unless. <laughs> unless, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, can you guess if he's going to win in this episode? Remind me, who who's the show named after again? Is this is this Rare Hunter O? Uh, I actually looked that dude up. His name is Seeker, according to the Yu-Gi-Oh wiki. Because I wanted to find out uh, who else, if he's like the voice actor has been in other stuff. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, I believe the only other thing listed on IMDb for this guy was like Sonic and the Secret Rings. I mean... You know, when when you got a niche, you, you you stick to you stick to what you know, I guess. Yeah, and if your only thing is talking like this, well then, by golly, Sonny, you're gonna make a living making your voice sound like this. It actually <laughs> hurts my throat to actually sound like that. I have no idea how that guy was able to do it for so long. This is why it takes a professional. <laughs> exactly. You get your iced uh, lemon water. You, ha- you have your your booth. You have your breath exercises. You you don't att- do not attempt at home. Right. <laughs> you gargle some salt water. Um, this okay. So uh, this episode, the recap uh, summarizes it. So if you're watching along, like you've got it. But just in case, uh, what like two episodes ago, Joey lost his red eyes black dragon to a rare hunter, who has three copies of exodia you know the card where if you get all five cards you instantly win uh he just has uh, three of those the you know the cards that are famous for no one ever been able to play before right and we get into that later on um but uh this this person this rare hunter uh is trying to decide like what poor soul to target next and then Joey re-challenges him so that he can get the, the Red-Eyes Black Dragon back. And uh, he says, okay, I have no reason to duel you. I already have your rarest card. Like, go away, little boy. And then Yugi decides to challenge him instead because Yugi has Dark Magician, which is another card that the Rare Hunter wants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
they start dueling, but Joey is prevented from warning Yugi about the Exodia thing that this guy has up his sleeve. Yeah, he basically holds Red Eyes hostage and says, Joey, if you tell Yugi what I'm about to do, I'll rip up your Red Eyes. Right. So that brings us to the present. Uh, we're mid-duel. The narrative present. Right. We're mid-duel, uh, and Yugi has just figured out through sort of subtle hints that the thing that the rare hunter is planning to do is play Exodia. Yep. Uh, to which Joey says, nice going, Yug. And like, <laughs> not even thumbs up. Out, out loud. Like Joey is saying a lot of things, but it's all his internal monologue. So he just you know, calls cases, Yug, Yug in his head. In some cases that's preferable. Sometimes you just got to keep that inside. Yeah. Uh, so the, <laughs> The rare hunter, this is the first ridiculous thing about the rare hunter, besides his voice. Uh, the rare hunter has x-ray contacts. Yeah. And has coded the cards in a special invisible ink so that he can see what's coming up next in his deck. So he knows that the next thing he's going to draw is the fifth piece of Exodia. How that works? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but we do get a really good shot of his eyes glowing like they do like a shimmer like a like a chronicles of riddick style shimmer yeah he's just using x-rays because that's how that work his x-ray specs that he got in a milk carton or like a cereal box or something cracker jacks (laughs) cracker jacks he he won the he won some prize and now he's using his x-ray specs to look through his deck and see what he's getting next so cheating yeah but like Cheating in the way that like six other people have done so far in yeah. the show, right? Like it's the same thing that Mai did. It's the same thing that Pegasus does, basically. Yeah, um, I do want to point out though. Um, so we cut to Kaiba Corp, uh-huh. and Kaiba's satellites are so good they can see that the cards have invisible ink on them. Yes, the what? fucking. The computer points out, we've noticed the cards are coded in some sort of invisible ink, allowing the wearer to use x-ray vision to... And, like, it just does the whole thing. Exposition dump. <laughs> right. It's like, how good are these satellites? They're these insane. Are, these are better than any, like, military to be able to... They're like... What's I'm trying to think of the word for when you use, like, radio telescopes to look at stars and determine their chemical composition. Oh, like a spectrum analysis yeah, or something? Yeah, they're like yeah, yeah, yeah. spectral ana- analyzing the cards and seeing that they're coated with ink or something. Right, and it's like, why would you even think to include that in your satellite that you've built for a card game? <laughs> because I mean, it's I, Kaiba. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and I think at this point, Kaiba's just like, yeah, just throw everything on there. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It needs x-rays. It needs... Special analysis. It needs. Uh, is there a? Is can we check for ghosts? Is there a thing we can use to check for ghosts? Let's put that in there. Another parallel with um, Spider-Man, in terms of oh, giant yeah. unnecessary satellites. <laughs> Kaiba is essentially like a. I was about to say a less interesting Tony Stark, but honestly, he's an equally interesting Tony Stark. 
He's a dipshit, but for different reasons. Right, exactly. But probably, like, equally as self-absorbed. Right, as demonstrated by the rest of this scene, where Mogaba is like, we have to shut this fucker down. Like, I am, and it turns out, Mokaba is the Battle City Commissioner. <laughs> the six-year-old child is in charge of running this whole tournament because someone... of nepotism. Yeah, this kid who's knee-high to a grasshopper, like, still buying from the toddler section of the Gap. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is literally the first battle of the entire tournament, and this guy is cheating. We have, we, of course we have to kick him out. But Kaido's like, no, I want this guy to stay in the tournament because I want to see Yugi lose to Exodia because I'm a petty asshole. Wouldn't that be a great revenge? Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> I can't do his voice. You try it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mokuba. I need him. <laughs> Colonel. <laughs> See, when you, say, <laughs> when you say it like that, I feel like I can't do the Kaiba impression. And I really, I really give the voice actor here so much credit because I can't do the Kaiba impression without it being vaguely sexy. And when you do it that way, I'm like, no, Mokuba. I need him. <laughs> In bed. I want him. I want to see him lose publicly. So I mean, he feels shame. Frankly, I ship it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Either either Kaiba and Rare Hunter or Kaiba and Yugi. <laughs> Mokuba, take over for a moment. I need to... I'm going to go to the bathroom for a minute. <laughs> I'll be back in uh, uh, ten minutes. <laughs> uh, make it five. Um, but like... Okay, so I talk a lot about like wanting a spinoff series for this show, and there's one that I really actually do want that stems from this episode. I want like a The Office style slice of life, like sort of mockumentary of just Mokuba being the Battle City Commissioner when Kaiba's not around. <laughs> and and he's him... like trying to figure out how to do any of this stuff. Right, and just of him being like, like so confident right and so he he presents this face of like i'm battle city commissioner and i know what i'm doing but then it cuts to the confessional he goes big brother never told me about this <laughs> i don't know what this card does i want to see a show about all of kaiba corp's employees who are like he wants us to build a what now yeah, exactly. Exactly. A that would jet be the other shaped half. like a dragon. <laughs> that would be the other half of it. Is like there's just entire scenes where it's the um, R and D. Yeah, it's the R and D department, or like the 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 women who are running the computers in this control room, who are uh, uh, quote unquote definitely not robots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just like hanging out and like drinking coffee. <laughs> just gonna. Top me off with some oil. They take some oil and go. Do, 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 do. I mean, a human drink for humans, and then they look at the other coworkers there. None of them is sure that they're the only robot. Oh, there, there you go. It's like a Cylon situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, yeah, I like your note here. Also, Kaiba just wants to see Yugi lose because revenge. Yeah. And he wants these guys to stay in the tournament because they have so many good cards. Uh, they want someone to take them out, and so he can get those cards. And presumably, some of them have the Egyptian god cards, the other yeah. Egyptian god cards. So that's that's the thing that he's looking for. 
Uh, sorry, brief tangent back to Duel Links. The Egyptian God cards, they just like give them to you. <laughs> it's really what? strange. I have two you... of the three after playing for like f- like four hours. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so one, uh, when you start the game, it's like, oh yeah, the Battle City tournament's happening. Uh, here you're playing as, and at the beginning you can pick between Kaiba and Yugi, and so you you start playing and and it's like oh you're playing as kaiba here just have obelisk the tormentor <laughs> there there you go uh and then like not even a couple hours into it there's a new quest and it's beat this particular duelist and you you do and you're like cool here's slifer the sky dragon <laughs> what <laughs> and it's like not even that hard like it's one of those that i i auto dueled <laughs> <laughs> you just look down at your phone and do a double take Right, exactly, and so so I, there's one left, and I haven't seen it pop up yet, but I know that it will. That's ridiculous. I'm just like, oh, okay. So we know at this point, then this these are the most powerful cards in the game, or what have you. But there's gonna be something more powerful later on because <laughs> the show keeps going. Yeah, and the stakes have to elevate as per the rules. Man, that uh, slifer of the sky dragon, just a diamond dozen with those things. I'm just giving them away like (laughs) giving them away like candy. (laughs) Uh, I was trying. I wanted to say, speaking of candy, um, but I've got nothing. Uh, The duel continues. Is what I'm trying to go for here, Jimmy. (laughs) Um, should we? I was about to ask, should we talk about this duel? But I think we have to because that's all this episode is. Yeah, I mean, like. In our notes, I typically try to break things up by scene. Like I'll have like a little header for the scene and then sort of sub notes after that. And there are like five scenes in this whole episode. Yeah. And just one big one that's the duel right here in the middle. Uh, It has some good moments. Some stuff happens. Some stuff Uh, happens. I like how it ends. Yeah. (laughs) How it ends is actually pretty good. How it ends is pretty good. But we start off with kind of a a whimper rather than a bang. Yeah. Um, so Yugi last episode summoned Chimera, the mythical beast, uh, which is the Chimera from, you know, myths. <laughs> oh, that Chimera. Beast. Yeah. You know, uh, not the, uh, not the hair metal band. Um, so Chimera attacks uh, and demolishes the stone statue which is the one that was literally just... Wasn't that just Olmec from Legend of the Hidden Temple? Wasn't yeah, that what we that decided? One. It dies. It Sorry. dies. Womp womp. Uh, Rare Hunter doesn't worry about it because he knows that the last Exodia card is coming up. But Yugi plays a trap card uh, as the Rare Hunter goes to draw that last piece of Exodia. And the trap card that he plays is called time seal or, 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 or. <laughs> you know those jokes where you like you you hear it coming <laughs> and you know you know that it's gonna be there but you just don't care because it's, it's just like, such a good it's just so satisfying when it happens time seal is like time wizard except it's a seal wearing a little clock around its neck my favorite pokemon <laughs> uh so the time seal or 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 uh that makes it sound like a like a what are they called from halo 
Oh, a uh, yeah, the hunters. Uh, a, a saying Haley warrior. What? <laughs> That's their species. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm 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 from the combat evolved generation. <laughs> uh, when they were Elites just called uh, is their not common hunters. Name. What were they called? They were Elites. called uh, Elites. Thank you. Ort ort ort. Ort ort ort. Uh. <laughs> So, so the the time elite, uh, what it does is it prevents rare hunter from drawing cards for one turn. It pulls out a plasma sword and just guts him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, frankly, that's what we need more of in this show. Like, we need some more of those sort of speed dueling tactics of like, oh, you want to you want to draw a card? That's cute. I win. <laughs> <laughs> I play gun. <laughs> right. You die. <laughs> uh. So. Uh, Yugi prevents him from drawing the last piece of Exodia and then has this like internal monologue that's very much like did you ever watch old Speed Racer? I think I've seen a little bit of it here and there but I had never watched like all of it. There's a there's a weirdly there's a spoof of Speed Racer that like is more Speed Racer than Speed Racer Uh, I think it's from um, Dexter's Lab but they do this thing in Speed Racer where a thing will happen and then the the protagonist or or one of the you know primary uh, supporting characters will do like an internal monologue to themselves and to the audience that sort of goes in spirals and they'll do things like uh, I have just played the trap and the trap is the thing that will keep the other racers from beating me and I need to beat the other racers so that I can win the race because the race is the thing that I need to win and winning the race will let me do the thing that I need to do because doing that thing is the most important thing to me because I am speed racer and I win races so that I can go and save the world. If you like that kind of thing, you really need to watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because it's oh, all man. that except them yelling out loud at each other. Right. There we go. So, so okay. So, so it's a familiar trope. And that's exactly what Yugi does here sort of internally where he's going, I need, to, I need to win this duel because if I don't win this duel, I'll lose this duel. And if I lose this duel, the rare hunter will win this duel and he'll get my most rare card, which is uh, a Dark Magician. And... I won't be able to be in the tournament anymore. And according to the ancient prophecy, it's my destiny to still be in this tournament. So I need to win this tournament. So I need to win this duel. So the stakes are really high here. (laughs) Yeah, no pressure. It's just the fate of the world wins on this guy not drawing that card. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) And he uses those words too. Like that's not Yugi being like hyperbolic at all. Like this is what has been told to him is, oh, hey, uh uh p- pardon me uh child and uh ancient pharaoh um don't lose because otherwise the world will probably explode just saying just saying and nbd go get him, <laughs> champ you got this little boy uh so okay yui's turn continues then uh he plays light force sword which Did we randomly... actually say what Time Seal does? Uh, yeah, right? It prevents him from drawing for a turn? Yeah, okay. Does it do anything I could... else? I don't think so. It just stops him from drawing cards. Which is, like, fine. Yeah. That's. I mean, it helps in this case. Yeah, this is exactly what you want it for. Yeah. Uh, the next card that he plays is another new card for Yugi. Pardon me. Uh, it's Light Force Sword. 
which sorry brief tangent uh somewhere on the internet is an audiobook of uh ice t doing a reading of one of r.a salvatore's dritz dorden novels yes they released it for free one time is ice t or is ice cube one of the various ice gentlemen uh yeah it is ice t um Ice-T is the only person in the world who can make sword a three-syllable word. <laughs> and then he pulled yeah, the sentient sword. If you ever want to hear a hardcore rapper uh, talk about Dungeons & Dragons characters, it's really worth your time getting into that that novel. Because, for one, it was free. Number two, it has some some good stories in it. Yeah, but yeah, the w- there's other way- voice actors in there too, like uh, Felicia Day and Will Wheaton, I think. Yeah, um, but yeah, he pronounces sword as sword, which is maybe <laughs> the best thing. Driz Dorn drew his twin swords. <laughs> so Yugi draws the Lat Force sword. Uh, which has the effect of randomly attacking a card in the rare hunter's hand and prevents him from playing it for three turns. So it's another, like, delay tactic here. Yugi's yeah. essentially started playing a blue deck. Uh, uh, he's, it's, he, it randomly attacks a card, but Yugi says, I'm aiming for a piece of Exodia. But, like, you, that's not how it works. Yeah, like, I think what he's doing here is he's counting on the idea that he probably has a lot of Exodia in his hand. Like his hand is mostly Exodia and he's like heart of the cards hoping. Yeah. He's like, Hey, heart of the cards. Hint, hint, get that one. <laughs> and it hey, pays uh, off the force. It's me, Luke. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it works. Ta-da. Yeah. It goes, the sword just like appears out of nowhere and goes pew. And it like, hits the one of the cards that this guy is holding out in his hand and it like pins it to the ground behind him and um like the card that it was goes and is like giant size like regular size like he would have played it and it is exodia's hand that has been skewered to the ground and and he freaks out and he goes no not that one you've pierced exodia's right arm And now I'm just picturing Exodia with a bunch of, like, piercings and tats and shit. I can see it. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fucking badass. <laughs> okay, see, that's the Yu-Gi-Oh! tattoo to get. You get a tattoo of Exodia with, like, sailor tattoos. <laughs> and it's just, it's just Exodia, Exodia showing the, like, off, like, an anchor. Flex. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a it's it's like an anchor and then like a like a woman uh in, in like a bikini and and then like a heart that says mom <laughs> so you're getting a muscly arm on your muscly arm yeah that's why people get trogdor tattoos <laughs> that was that's literally the like a side joke in homestar runners that what talking about what tattoos you'll get and i think it was was it strong mad no it's Homestar who's talking about how he gets he is going to get a tattoo of a like muscly bicep on his bicep. And then Strong Mad yells, You don't have arms. 
That's just one of the many, many, many Homestar Runner jokes I have lodged in my brain. I think maybe that's the podcast that the world needs right now is a rewatch of Homestar Runner. That would be an amazing podcast. If anybody wants to just make that happen for me real quick, just go ahead. Uh, so, okay, where are we at? Um, no, not that one. You pierced Exodia's right arm, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, I just had a real brief note about this scene. For some reason, and I, I can't pinpoint exactly what makes me feel this way, this whole scene has, like, an extra feeling, this extra vibe of being a Saturday morning cartoon. I think it might be the frame rate, or it might be, like, you can really tell here that, like, it's translated uh, because the mouths keep moving and, like, only mm. some words come out. Uh, it might just be something about, like, the way the lines are drawn. But it has this definite feeling here, more so than any other episode of, like, oh, this is a show that came from Japan and I'm watching it early on a Saturday morning. I did notice that this episode had a lot of the, like, generic anime background, you know, when they do a pose or they, like, make a move or something, mm -hmm. and behind them is just, like, a bunch of lines flying in different colors. Yeah, which, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with. Like, yeah. it's good. Uh, but this scene made me feel a certain way. It kind of gave me some, uh, some nostalgia. I wanted to go get some Fruit Loops. Sit, sit on directly on the floor in front of the TV in yeah. your pajamas. Does, does everyone do that? Was it just me? I would like go and get a cushion off the couch and like sit cross-legged like a foot from the television. Yeah, so you can see it better. Right. It doesn't actually work that way, but it felt like it did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> moving on with this duel that takes four hours. Now I'm oddly nostalgic. Thanks, Tyler. I know. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. I should have grabbed some Fruit Loops before recording. Um, I actually haven't seen Fruit Loops since moving here. I wonder if we have Fruit Loops here. Do you think they have like a generic British knockoff version of Fruit Loops? Oh, absolutely. At They'd least, be like Fruity right? Tooties or something. Out of Fruity Tooties. <laughs> Rudy Tootie Fruities. <laughs> no. No, because of the because of the sugar tax, they'd have to be like very straightforward with what they are. Uh, they'd be like artificial flavor fruit rings in a in a low sugar sugar frosting, and then it's still a fucking toucan as the mascot. Sugar Tauruses. Ooh, there it is. Tori. Tor Tor Tori. Tori. Tor Taurine. No, that's the energy drink thing. Um, Yugi, okay, sorry, real quick. This this bit fucked me up in some kind of way. So do you remember last episode where Yugi summons uh, two monsters that we didn't even really get their names? I know one of them was Alligator's Sword, but I didn't catch the name of the other one because it didn't matter, and he just immediately like sacrificed them to play Chimera the mis the uh, magical mystery tour um the the mythical beast yeah so this next turn he sacrifices Chimera like it's yesterday's lunch and it's just like yeah bye Chimera see you later good times bud no none of that he's just like i sacrificed Chimera to play summon skull he doesn't he does he 
he just doesn't love his creatures anymore. What That's happened what... to the heart of the cards this episode, Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, because the whole thing that last season was about is like how you need to treasure each card as though it's your own brother and it's your friend and they're helping you win and that kind of thing. And these rules that Kaiba put in place are just like, you have to kill them. You have to choose. It's Sophie's choice. Choose which of your monsters will live and which will die. And you'll get a summoned skull. News at 11. How millennials are ruining the heart of the cards. <laughs> are our Domino City values being lost in favor of monster sacrifice? Two monsters in this economy? <laughs> um, uh, My dad got through college just with a, just with a single Karibo. That he had an infinite number of. Then at the hour, three weird tricks you didn't know you could do with a trap card. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, so he, he sacrifices Chimera for Summon Skull, which, again, also makes me think, like, wait a second. Are we sacrificing monsters to sacrifice monsters? And why does it only take one sacrifice to get Summon Skull out there? When it took two sacrifices to get Chimera. That's true. Didn't he also have um, the uh, Magnet Warrior guy? Oh, pardon me. Uh, Did he have that at this point? N- no, that comes in later. Okay. That comes in later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so hang on. So let me look up Summon Skull real quick. Uh, Summon Skull. Does Chimera count as two monsters because it is also a summoned creature uh maybe oh i am so sorry jimmy i need to apologize to you and to the world yeah uh i've been saying chimera the mythical beast that is wrong my friend i have been forgetting about one of chimera's very important uh 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 descriptors Yes, thank you. Uh, it's Chimera the Flying Mythical Beast. I am oh. so sorry. Not oh, just okay. a regular purple people eater, a flying purple people eater. Okay, so this is it. So Chimera the Flying Mythical Beast is a fusion monster, is what it was. So last turn it wasn't a sacrifice, it was a polymerization. Uh, last episode. So that's fine, right? We're, we're used to that. Yeah. Uh, it's a six-star fusion monster with 2,100 attack and 800, 1,800 defense. Summon Skull is a six-star normal fiend monster, so you only have to sacrifice one card to, to summon a, a five- or six-star card. Okay. Uh, hmm. And then for seven or above, it's two cards. But Summon Skull has 2,500 attack and uh, 1,200 defense. So he's doing a sacrifice for a 400-point attack boost that really doesn't do anything for him? He just got rid of his fusion monster for no reason. Right, and it's like, just summon a low-level card and wait a turn. Yeah, so this is what Homeworld thinks of fusion. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, okay, hang on. So... There's a line here. (laughs) 
Joey's line. I was also going to write this down until I saw you wrote this down. We cannot move forward. As much as I want to move away from this weird exchange of like Chimera the Flying Mythical Beast to Summon Skull, that happens for some reason. Uh, oh, it also attacks the the other defense monster that he had up. The like, the Legends of the Hidden Temple. The other stone golem. Whatever he had, it died. Whatever the fuck it was. Who cares? Joey says a thing that I think needs to be written down on some, like, tablet. Or, like, this needs to be preserved. (laughs) Do you want to do the line? Well, all right. Way to put that caped clown on the endangered species list. (laughs) Joey, what? (laughs) What? 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 What are you? What are the words that you're saying, Joey? You're making like two different references in one. Yeah, it's it's like more than mixing metaphors. It's like I think Joey is just creating a metaphor wholesale. <laughs> Way to put that caped clown on the endangered species list. That's not clowns aren't species. Also, it's not a cape. It's a robe. That's true. Not that I'm I'm trying to be pedantic about (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh. Not that that isn't our whole deal, but it is a robe. It sounds like something a Batman villain would say, but then they, like, completely fuck it up. Ooh, yes. This sounds like something a penguin would say. That is something Penguin would say. Like, if he's watching Batman fight Joker. Right. But he's, like, also got to try and shoehorn his own reference in there. Because he has to say Penguin-related things. Right, right, right. As his bit. Way to put that caped clown on the endangered species list. Ah. Way to put that caped clown on the endangered species list. See? Uh, apparently as a baby, my mom used to call me the penguin because I would make that sound. (laughs) Your mom called me, called you the penguin? Mm Mm-hmm. Because as a child, I would go, (laughs) Please tell me you have home video of you as a child cackling like the penguin. I don't, but I'm positive there's a VHS tape somewhere of it. (laughs) My mom called me Mr. Dipes. Because I wore diapers. Okay. (laughs) Because I was a baby. Similar to most babies. (laughs) As babies are known to do. I was trying to figure out if you, like, wore more diapers than the average child (laughs) or, like, had several diapers at once. No, it's because I was a baby. Look at Two Dipes McGee over here. (laughs) (laughs) Old Johnny Two Dipes. Uh, All right, Mr. Dipes, what happens next? (laughs) Fuck off. Uh, the rare hunter, uh, who is known to some as Seeker, I guess, draws the last it's piece the same, of... It's the same goddamn name as the thing. Why give him a separate name? Yeah. I don't know. Um, he finally draws the last piece of Exodia. I think it was the right leg of the Forbidden One. Yes. And uh, he can't play it, though, because of Light Force Sword doing its thing. Uh, to the right arm. To the right arm, yeah. The right and venerable arm of Exodia. <laughs> He's just got a full pile of Exodia pieces just stacked right up. 
just a big pile of Exodia parts. It's like an Exodia slaughterhouse. <laughs> I was going to say junkyard. Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> you, you don't harvest Exodias for their meat? No, their ancient go god on, meat? Come on down to the dual butcher. <laughs> just pick up a like a big ham, like a cartoon ham, but it's his, like, his thigh and it's like as big around as a person. Right. <laughs> You're just like at the counter being like, yeah, can I get um." Could I get a pound of Exodia and and then being like, uh, sure, yeah. Do you have a, a preferred cut? We've got a we've got some lovely right arm in today. We've got yeah, some lovely forbidden arm. That sounds uh, good. Forbidden uh, do, leg. Do you have any? Do you have any Exodia head cheese? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have Exodia head. I'll have to check in back to see if we have any cheese. Oh, Jesus Christ! Um, pardon me, Exodia. <laughs> Joey says he's nuttier than a fruitcake. Which, again, is another saying that I don't think Joey has any business being aware of. <laughs> Who does Joey hang out with that he knows that he, like, wants to say all these things? Yeah, that he uses this slang. No one else in this entire world has a New York accent except for him. And yet they're in America, it turns out, so... Yeah. Not even Bandit Keith sounds like that. But what is it? What does Bandit Keith sound like? What what would what is Bandit Keith's accent? It's not Texan. No, just guy. Just just guy. Just American just, guy. Just some guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know I can deal with that. But it's not New York. It's not a. Hey, it's New York. No. It's not uh, California accent. No. It's not. It's not really Midwestern accent. Oh, just gonna scooch right by you there. I'm Bandit Keith. <laughs> How much better would the show be, though? If he was like Minnesotan or something. Oh, if he was evil Minnesotan. That's not a thing that exists. I'm convinced that everyone from Minnesota is pretty nice. Well, unless allow they go me into politics. to plug. Uh, oh, that's what it is. He goes into politics. Well, allow me speaking. If you don't think there are any uh, evil or like necessarily bad minnesotans let me plug season two of uh card uh, dungeons against humanity because we're gonna we're gonna have fantasy min- minnesotans what no we're gonna have a chaotic chaotic neutral minnesotan let's say <laughs> who is a main character fuck yes i am there for that <laughs> all right you should be when you said those words, I pictured each letter, each 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 word having a, a capital first letter, right? Like chaotic, neutral, Minnesotan. <laughs> like that is somebody's title. Like that's on a business card somewhere. Like it's fucking Fargo. Uh huh. No, the chaotic and uh, neutral Minnesotan I speak of is uh, my character Dimitri's sister. Oh. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's it's gonna be good. I'm very into this. Whenever it comes out, probably in the next couple months. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll obviously let you know on this podcast, but it's not out yet, so consider it a a teaser for things to come. Bum ba ba. Anyway, back to the current podcast. Anyway, Bandit Keith's just gonna play a Machine King, don't you know? <laughs> and oh, then hey I'm gonna dear. bring out my mechanical chaser. <laughs> Jimmy, do you remember when we went to Rose City Comic Con and I I wore jeans and a plaid shirt and tried to convince people that I was cosplaying as a Canadian? 
vaguely. Was that? And I would go. I would go around saying like, "Oh yeah, this is a. We have something like this in in uh, Canada. It's called the spider moose. Do you have that down here? You know, I've been noticing there's not any Tim Hortons either." Is that the same Comic Con where you were like interviewing people and then yeah, you didn't do anything I, with it? No, because I I thought that I would be I don't know a YouTuber or something, and then I realized that I hate being in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I have a face for radio. You have a voice for radio, though. Oh, thank you, thank you, Jimmy. Jimmy, thank you. you know that just that just warms my heart. Leo. Except when you do that. <laughs> God, moving on. Uh, moving on. So. Uh, Joey, he's nuttier than a fruitcake. Uh, Rare Hunter. <laughs> so, okay. This is maybe the best, like, more so than somebody trying to play Exodia against Yugi. This is the best example of Yugi getting a taste of his own medicine. Yes. Because the Rare Hunter plays Swords of Revealing Light. Yugi's go-to card uh, when he's if, in a tight jam. And If now, you'll remember. No, go ahead. Now he's getting it. I think this is the first time anyone's tried playing Swords of Revealing Light on him, because he uses it all the time. I think it's the only time anyone but Yugi has played Swords of Revealing Light. This He might be the only other person that has it. <laughs> uh, so Swords of Revealing Light, as you may recall, prevents monsters on the opponent's side of the field from attacking for three turns. So that means, even though Yugi has prevented... Uh, rare hunter from playing exodia for another it'd be two more turns now he can't actually attack to do anything to st- to defeat the rare hunter for three turns and so, he says oh know. no not the swords there's just a lot of swords uh in this episode there's so of, many swords so, a lot of sword cards a lot of swords with light yeah the last one was light for sword this one's Swords light, of Revealing light. light. How is Light Force Sword not a lightsaber? That's a great question. Isn't that just all a lightsaber is? It's a sword made of light force? Yeah. Well, technically, actually, it's an arcing blade of plasma emitted from the hilt through a kyber crystal. <laughs> it's not technically light. Anyway, uh, so Yugi says, oh no, not the swords, uh, not the gumdrop buttons, uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, not Rear my Hunter... gumdrop buttons. <laughs> Rear Hunter explains that he has three. Do you know four... the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The uh, Muffin Man. Uh, she's married to the Muffin Man. Um, so Rare Hunter explains that he has three copies of Exodia. So he has he has three versions of or three copies of each uh, component part of Exodia that is. So fifteen Ye- Exodia parts in total. Right, out of a eh, like forty-ish card deck, thirty to forty cards, I think. That's a lot. It's a lot. That's a uh, shit ton of Exodia. And he's saying this means that I am super likely to draw the the right arm of Exodia, the piece that's been sort of nailed to the cross by, by light force sword, uh, and be able to play Exodia. Cause I just have multiple copies, right? Then Yugi counter explains Yugi. Well, actually, 
uh, and says that that means that the deck is so loaded down with the various parts of Exodia that it's actually super unlikely that he'll draw that specific card in time. Yeah, you have so many Exodia parts in there, it's just super unlikely that in that shuffle you'll get another right arm. Do you know how uh, long it's going to take to shuffle through all the Exodias until you get the right part? Right. And and the funny thing about him asking of like, hey, do you know how long that's going to take? Is The answer is yes, he, he does, because he can see all of his cards. Like, he knows how many cards down the right arm is, right? Doesn't he? Can he? Can't he? Probably. There was a shot of him looking through the whole deck in the last episode, so I'm assuming he can. At some point. That's but he true. doesn't seem to use shot. it in this case. No, he's just looking at whatever card he's going to draw next. Right. Waste so, of x-ray, like, eyeballs. Yeah, if you're going to go through all the trouble of getting x-ray contacts, at least, like, do the fucking math, you know? Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, I just read your note here about the rare hunter having the upper hand. <laughs> why does Why does the rare hunter have the upper hand, Jimmy? Because he's got all of Exodia's arms. That's all, folks. <laughs> he says that he has the upper hand, and they're just like, eh, but they don't even acknowledge it. Yeah, that's kind of a waste. Wasted joke. Uh, Yugi plays a card face down, and then plays Alpha the Magnet Warrior in attack mode. Now he uh, comes up. Yeah, this is where Alpha comes into play. By the way, I just need to say again, all of the Magnet Warriors... They're good boys. They're the Magnet right. Warriors are the McElroy brothers of Duel Monsters. Aw, <laughs> that makes me love them even more. Uh, so, okay, so he plays the good, good boy in attack mode, but he cannot attack because of Swords of Revealing Light. Which brother do you think Alpha the Magnet Warrior would be? I mean, it has to be Travis, right? Alpha's, the, Alpha's kind of the middlest Magnet Warrior. Right, because there's there's alpha, beta, and gamma. Yeah. Uh, let me look up gamma real quick. Yeah, gamma's Justin. Beta's Griffin. Alpha is Travis. I was gonna have them in reverse order. Alpha looks okay. more like a like a Justin to me. Okay. All right. Gamma no, looks kind of like Travis. Because then they're I mean, in ascending height. Oh, okay. I like that. Because how else are you going to determine age in Duel Monsters? <laughs> uh, yeah, I could see it. Okay. And Alpha is the first one, so he's the oldest brother. The other thing. Of of the brothers, of the brothers McElroy, which one of them is more likely to dress up in magnet-themed samurai armor? <laughs> Boy, that's a, that's a tough one, actually. Uh, I mean, for any for anyone that is unconvinced of Justin McElroy's willingness to dress up in magnet-themed samurai armor, go and look at what he wore for Pride this year. Oh, I now I remember that. Yes, uh, which was essentially just a a, a Jareth from <laughs> from Labyrinth <laughs> cosplay, bright gold. Uh, yeah, similar to David Bowie's version of that costume, do not look directly at the crotch. <laughs> you will get sucked in. 
Welcome to our podcast about another podcast. Uh, it's it's fine. It's fine, <laughs> Jimmy. It's okay. The McElroy brothers are a multimedia conglomerate. conglomerate. The McElroy brothers are the real life entertainment. Seven twenty. <laughs> what do they do? Who knows? How did they get so much money? I got run over by a Lexus. No, not really. They got that much money because they're talented. And just anyway. went to uh, the number one spot on the New York Times bestselling books again. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was another book that I was I was looking at that was like also a New York Times bestseller, and it made me feel bad for the McElroys because it kind of lowered the bar, and now I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs> anyway. We out here some... roasting books. Some Twilight uh, uh, fan fiction or something. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, that's what it was. Um, no, it wasn't. Anyway. Okay. So there's a shot here, Jimmy, that I need us to talk about. Yes, this shot went on too long, and it's really so weird. So long. It's so strange. So there's a shot where Yugi is explaining the, the sort of math, right, to, to the rare hunter. And he's saying it's extremely unlikely that you'll draw another right arm because you're so sort of you, you've you've got bloat basically you've got uh, exodia bloat and explodia <laughs> oh bloaterate <laughs> uh, and uh, it's the shot is Yugi sort of floating in space in front of five the five exodia cards. But not the five Exodia cards, because there's no right leg. Instead, it's been replaced by a second right arm. And I, the animation on these cards, uh, you'd think they'd just be like zooming backward into space. But it's like if I went into After Effects and like took one, I think would be the the Y axis, the up and down one. And then just went for the listener at home. Jimmy just (laughs) Jimmy just waved a fidget spinner in front of the camera. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I can tell you exactly how to make this effect, right? And it's you you take a a sine wave, and you you just grab the little toggle. You grab the little the little line tool. And you drag it over to the node that affects the Y position. And then you take a, another sine wave and you do the same thing to the X position. And then it just kind of goes in a little, just a nice little circle. Yeah. You know how in cartoons when you can tell something is hovering because it just goes up and down? Mm-hmm. This is what that does. That's exactly it. it. There's no effort involved is the thing. Yeah. And it looks super weird. Almost cartoonish. Uh, I mean, it is no... a cartoon, but... It doesn't even do the thing where the cards sort of move on the on the axis. Like, you don't get any dimensionality to these cards. It's just like they took the card and scanned it into the computer. Yeah. It's <laughs> like it's just the straight-on really, view of the card. Just really basic effect. And they couldn't even scan all of the cards either because, like I said, there's two right arms and no... There's, like... They they swapped an arm for a leg, basically. Which I guess is Yugi's for point. For an arm? I don't know. Because but the guy's the, trying to get, get different parts, but he can't. I don't know. But that's the wrong card, because he draws, in this next thing, he draws another right leg. 
So if Yugi was trying to make a point, shouldn't the card be, oh, there's no right arm. Instead, yeah. there's a second right leg. I wonder if they changed it for the English version because they had to go back and like change the card art or whatever to be in I English. Mean, I mean, maybe, but, but why? <laughs> yeah, why would they do that? Uh, so, any, this, anyway. This shot goes on for a very long time, like a full minute. Yeah, for... I mean, I guess, okay, I guess the reason that they do that is this is the part of the show where Yugi teaches the kids at home a, a lesson. Like, this is the sort of moral of the story is don't rely too heavily on one thing. Don't put all your all your eggs in one basket or whatever it is. Uh, one Exodia-shaped basket. <laughs> don't put all your Exodia parts in one deck. Right. Uh, which, oh, Jesus, becomes even more relevant later on, but... Um, so Rare Hunter draws and he draws a right leg. And at this point he starts to have some self-doubts. He starts to wonder like, oh shit, is this child actually right? Am I going to be able to draw the right arm in time? Because I don't know where it is, even though I specifically set up x-ray vision to figure out where it is. Sometimes you forget that you have x-ray vision, I suppose. I guess. Uh, so... Okay, so he remembers then that each distinct piece of Exodia is, is so also silly. a monster in its own right. And the, the thing about Exodia is you can play each part as a monster. It has like a thousand attack and a thousand defense. It wasn't that. You... They're like huh? 100, 200 each. Oh, are they? I yeah, it was they're thousand. super weak. So, but the thing is, is when you play a part of Exodia, you can't use that part to summon... Uh, uh, capital E Exodia, right? Yeah. You have to play all five at once. Yeah, I just looked up right leg of the Forbidden One, and it's attack 200, defense 300. Well, okay. So, so it just so be that... his leg just kind of extending out of a portal and kicking around. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, and the thing that he does is even more terrifying because yeah. he plays Exodia's head. <laughs> it's... It's not even like coming out of a portal or like out of the ground or anything. It's just Exodia's head, like he's been decapitated, just kind of floating there, glaring at Yugi, like Ur. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, is it? It's not The Exorcist. It's um, shit. What's that? There's like a horror movie or something where this happens, right? With where it's head? just a decapitated head, and it's just like nom nom nom. I have no idea what you're talking about. I might be thinking of like Evil Dead or something. Maybe. One of the Evil Dead sequels, probably. But anyway, I'm so, just yeah, picturing so just like... um, not Howl's Moving Castle, Spirited Away, with all the heads that uh, the witch has in the bathhouse. Yeah, they're just like rolling yeah. around. Oh, 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 whoop, whoop. Yes, that's exactly and it, one and giant. It, it head. basically does like it, it. It's a weeble essentially. <laughs> it just kind of like wobbles there. Exodia wobbles, but he doesn't fall down. Right, and it, like, what's it gonna do? It's gonna uh, oh, like, bite your ankles off. Right. <laughs> uh, but before he can try anything, Yugi says the the five most beloved words in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yugi says, says you activated line. my trap card. He said he said the line. Those are the words. It's the name of our podcast. You just sent me a picture of Exodia's head that yeah, I need I to talk about real quick. Exodia, I've mentioned this before, has such a bad face. 
<laughs> he has no lips, or like his lips have been cut off. You wanna know how I got these scars? Uh, and like it's a big. I get that it's supposed to be like a cobra. Uh, yeah, sort he of has piece. like a Egyptian headdress type thing. It's. It's like he's trying to get into a dick measuring contest with Jafar. <laughs> yes. Like, he's about to break out into song, you know? Like, I summon Exodia, the Forbidden One. Be prepared. Like, it it just doesn't... It's such a weird costume choice, and it makes him so top-heavy. Because now he's just a head, right? Yeah. Like, what's to prevent this headpiece from just pulling him over backwards? Yeah, there's Other no way he should be magic. floating there. Oh, I just remembered what his face reminds me of. I zoomed in on accident. That was a mistake. Sorry, you're going to uh, have to what zoom is in he... on this too. Uh, what does his face remind you of? The bad guy from the first Hellboy movie. Oh, yeah. The Nazi guy who's like all desiccated inside and full of sand, but like he's full of clockwork. Yeah, and he has like no eyelids and no lips. Uh, yeah, that's terrifying, but that's exactly what it is. Carl Cronin, head of the uh, Thule Occult Society. Google it, Google at your own risk. That is upsetting. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's it though. Is the thing, and like I, like I get that Exodia is powerful, but at least make him like look cool. This just kind of looks bad. In a bad way. Not like, oh, that looks powerful. See, I think he looks cool and powerful, but in a silly way. Yeah. It, 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 I think we're going to have to me. agree to disagree. I think he makes a good dual monster. Uh, okay. Uh, mm, okay. You're allowed that opinion. <laughs> uh, but anyway... So Yugi says, you activated my trap card because he played the head of Exodia. Yugi activates his trap card, which is called Chain Destruction. Hey, that's the title of the episode in Japanese. This is when, this is when shit pops off. This is when the, the cool stuff happens that we were talking about earlier. This is so, a good move. This is a really good move. Do you want to talk so about chain, chain Destruction? I would love to. Do you want to pull up the, the card text the card for Chain Destruction real quick? The card was really cool. So what it does in the show is it doesn't destroy the head of Exodia that he just played, but it does destroy every copy of that card in the Rare Hunter's deck. So somewhere in the deck, there are two other Exodia heads, and those are gone now. I Which wanna... means... Oh, go ahead. I want to point out real briefly that the card art for Chain Destruction is really cool. It's a chain... Uh, just like a regular, like painted black chain, but it's going through all of these cards that are they have they've become skulls and they're like on fire and they're like getting withered away to nothing. It's like if Ghost Rider were a part of the Yu-Gi-Oh universe. Yes, that's exactly what it looked like. It's the same aesthetic, would, but with cards. Which would be weirdly fitting, actually. Couldn't you imagine Ghost Rider just like on his motorcycle cruising through Domino City with a uh with a dual disc on his arm right oh is that is that I a thing that should be a thing let me look that up real quick ghost rider ghost rider <laughs> yo 
there's the first thing that comes up is a photoshopped card. <laughs> oh, of Ghost Rider. Uh, yeah, it's 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 um okay, so it's it's Ghost Rider. It's a fake Ghost Rider card, but superimposed on it is a still image from the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider movie. Oh no. I just sent you a link to it. It's bad. Um Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to see here. There's some there's some good ones too. Uh there's a, you know, various fake versions. It's typically like a demon ritual or like a synchro monster. Uh Yeah, I think the closest we get is magical ghost. Uh oh, pardon me. No. There's also a card called Chaos Rider Gustav. Gustav. Uh, which is literally Ghost Rider. This says once per turn, you can remove from play up to two spell cards from your graveyard. This card gains 300 attack for each card removed until the end of your opponent's next turn. Chaos Rider Gustav. I don't know uh, what the deal is with this image you sent me, but it's not. I'm trying to load Tiny Pick, and it's not loading. This is the worst. Oh, is it website. not working? Anyway, just imagine the worst card art you can picture. That's about okay. it. Uh, moving on. So, yeah. So, Chain Destruction destroys all of the Exodia heads in the deck. Uh, <laughs> to which Rare Hunter says, maybe the worst line of this episode? <laughs> I can't. It struck Sorry. my deck! Oh my Got deck! Right in the deck. Oh my deck! <laughs> well, this shot that that like close up of his face, he's like looking down in horror and shock as he's saying this. <laughs> it's a bad combination. It's so bad. Um, but the effect of chain destruction is cool because it shoots out from you where Yugi is, and it, like go it passes it like pierces Exodia. Uh, the Exodia head right through the temple and like passes through him into his deck. And then there's like a shot of going through three more of the Exodia head cards. And then they just shatter. Yeah. One after which the is other. pretty fucking neat, right? Like that's a cool, that's a cool card to have. That is a, and it's a, uh, you know, heart of the cards. That's a lucky draw for Yugi. Uh, so for those for those of us uh playing along at home this effectively means that rare hunter cannot summon exodia because the one head that he has left is the one already out on the field meaning he can't use it for the the summon is my understanding yeah that may be wrong but that's the impression that the show has given me uh this also activates another trap that yugi has it's just trap city up in here (laughs) This is this is Yugi's trap remix. Uh, it's a trap called Dust Tornado, and Dust Tornado destroys a spell card that is on the field. What spell card does he target? Swords of Revealing Light. What a, what other spell card is there really? Uh, yeah, so it destroys Swords of Revealing Light, uh, allowing Yugi's monsters to attack before that three turn limit is up. Uh, Yugi then plays because his turn's not over. Apparently, I don't even—I didn't even realize it was his turn. Is the thing like I thought we were still on Rare Hunter's turn? 
Uh, but he doesn't care anymore. He plays Monster Reborn, uh, the artist formerly known as Reborn the Monster, uh, to bring back Chimera the Flying Mythical Beast, which attacks and destroys uh, Exodia's head. <laughs> Poor then, Exodia. Just his. I'm just imagining like his his head got summoned and it's just like sticking out of a portal and then like he's trying to move but can't do anything and he just sees this monster coming right for his face oh, and then he dies the, the, and gets the sent poor back short lived life <laughs> like the one time he's been free from the shadow realm or wherever he's imprisoned and he gets hit in the face by a chimera you know so, so, some days you, you feel really good about yourselves and uh, other days, you get hit in the face by a chimera. I've had days like that. Mondays, am I right? <laughs> I'm going back to the shadow realm. Mondays. Now I'm picturing uh, Exodia sitting at a desk in, in like a suit and tie, and he's got like a tiny, like regular-sized coffee mug that he's trying to drink, and like t- between two of his fingers, he's trying to to sip it, but he doesn't have any lips. <laughs> He's just like in a break room with yeah. Dark Magician and whoever. <laughs> oh, Mondays, am I right? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so Exodia's he's gone. Like, he has to cram himself into his car on the commute to work like he's Mr. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got a little like Fiat or something. <laughs> that's, a, that's a convertible, but not on purpose. <laughs> he just stands up and rips the top off of it. Right. Uh, so then Yugi has Alpha the Magnet Warrior and Summon Skull attack the Rare Hunter's points directly. They keep mentioning that this is like a tournament rule. Has this not been a thing before? I'm pretty sure they've done it before. I'm pretty sure they've always been able to directly attack the other person's life points if there are no monsters on the field. I'm pretty sure that's always been a thing. Yeah, otherwise the best strategy would be to just have no monsters and you can't win or you can't lose either. Right. Uh, anyway, so Alpha the Magnet Warrior and Summon Skull both attack the Rare Hunter's life points. Summon Skull's lightning powers, because this is how it works, give Alpha the Magnet Warrior a boost. Yeah. So it, it, it does like a, it's like an attack boost. It's like 200 more attack points or something, just because... You know, uh, how robots get more powerful when you zap them with electricity. We've all seen Short Circuit. We know how it goes. Uh, so it deals, apparently, 4,100 damage. Which, which utterly is breaks insane. this man. Right. He screams in, like, awe and terror as this, like, explosion uh, and, like... I think it's Magnet Warrior who comes forward with a sword and, like, stabs him right through the gut. And he, like, screams in pain and agony and, like, is blown backward by the force of the attack and, like, just collapses on the ground. And Yugi yeah. wins. Yeah, by ruining a man. <laughs> so, okay, we're, we're going to get back to this rare hunter in a second because I this is the part of the show where I feel bad for him. Uh, but we do cut back to Kaiba Corp headquarters. Uh, Kaiba is is just sort of brooding at this point, right? And he goes, he may have beaten Exodia, but there's one card he'll never beat, and I'm the one who's holding it. Uh, 
and then he essentially goes, uh, quick Robin, to the Batcopter, <laughs> and like summons Mokuba away as they fly off and join the tournament. Uh, oh, Mokuba, sorry. Mokuba also goes like, oh, by the way, I'm still a commissioner, so like, let me know if a Egyptian god card shows up. Yeah, to this room full of women who are at their computers. He just like... And they don't as respond. A, as an afterthought, he just yells this... He like opens the door and yells it and then closes the door again. Yeah, like, hey, a reminder to everyone at home, this is the thing we're looking for. Uh, so, post-duel, first off, Yugi uh rifles through the rare hunter's deck yeah he's like fully passed out on the ground yeah like his eyes have rolled up into the back of his head he's in this like like it looks like parts of him are broken he is like he's at odd angles do you think do you was there blood in the original version of this (laughs) do you think he played card games so hard he died Kaiba, Kaiba turned the safeties off just for this one game. I think this man is. I think he's no. I think he's no longer with us. I think Seeker has seeked his last uh, 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 rare. Card. He has hunted his last rare. And Yugi just bends down and starts rifling through him like he just got mugged. I, it's like in D anD. I loot the body. Not he, not even like he just got mugged. He he reaches down like the rare hunter has actively handed him the deck of cards, like he all but goes like, "Oh, thanks, bud." I'll be taking this. Doop do doop do do, and like he rifles through some of the cards are even just like on the ground at this point. Like he doesn't even look through all the cards, uh, and he goes and he finds a uh, uh, red eyes black dragon. Cool, 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 great. He has red eyes black dragon. But then he notices, wait a second, these cards are sticky. They're, they're, they're a little oily. I'm getting something on my fingers. And I, does he use magic for this? How does he How does he determine what it does? Uh, does he just guess? I think he just guesses that he was cheating through this manner. And so he, he sort of ascertains like, okay, yeah, this was this was how he knew how he was going to draw like what card next uh and decides well that's no good and and then i'm sorry i struggle with this because this is it was out of character i think it's so weird he tears the entire deck in half takes all of the exodias and just rips them to shreds the cards that we've already said, like, the Rare Hunter even says it at some point in this episode, like, most people don't even have one piece of Exodia, and I have three copies of all five cards. And Yugi's like, nope, you put ink on them. He just rips now them up. Now no one has them. Yeah, where is his moral superiority to, to Kaiba ripping the blue eyes and uh, Weevil chucking the the Exodia pieces overboard. Joey, like, sacrificed himself to save a couple of Exodias, and now Yugi's taking a whole bunch of them and just ripping them to shreds. Right. You can can clean a card, Yugi. Can you do that? Yugi. What are you doing? Second, 
Second, can you do that? Have you ever tried ripping a deck of cards in half? <laughs> just all at once. Like a phone book style, just like... Grrr. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't seem especially feasible. No. Maybe that's the magic talking. Maybe we missed a scene of like five minutes where he's going through finding each individual card, just like rip, rip, rip. And then he's got like a big handful of confetti and then he just chucks it into the air. God, it just like, it bothers me so much because you can clean that shit, right? Like there are ways, I mean, if nothing else, send them back to grandpa so that he can sell this ultra rare card at his game store. Yeah. Like, we're going to get to a point now, and I I forget if this happens, so pardon me if this is spoilers, where, like, Grandpa isn't doing enough business because Kaiba is effectively, like, ruining the card industry by bringing all these rare cards into the same town. Millennials we are ruining the something. card game industry. <laughs> we need to do something to save the rec center. I mean, the game store. These kids and their avocado toast and their exodias. Right. And, like... Yugi had a big opportunity there to sort of help anyone but himself. And no, he tears the whole deck in one go. Yeah. Like, what fuckery is this? I'm, I'm pretty sure there's got to be some kind of tournament rule against picking up another uh, tournament player's entire deck and, like, ripping all his cards up. That should get right, like, Yugi expelled from Battle City. If nothing else, even if it's not necessarily, like, uh, against the rules, so to speak, it's unsportsmanlike. Yeah, and that's completely against everything we've seen of Yugi. Right. What the fuck? What the fuck? So, at this point, the Rare Hunter has, like, a... breakdown basically he he's yelling and screaming he gets up off the ground uh he's not dead yet and uh appears to be mind controlled by a person that he calls master yeah he like starts he like puts his hands to his head and he starts like clawing at his face and his ears like no master please don't don't do it don't hurt me ah i i tried my best and then he like slumps over and on his forehead appears the Millennium symbol, the Millennium Eye. Bum, bum, ba. And he, like, hunches up. And his eyes are, like, rolled back in his head. And it's just... Um, and, they're, and they're glowing now, yes, too. Yes, and they're glowing. Which is creepy as fuck. This is easily some of the creepiest imagery we've seen in the show. It's good. Like, I'm here for it. Yeah. It's good imagery, but it is creepy shit uh and so he starts talking and it's that same doubled voice as uh the scenes with bandit keith when bandit keith was mind controlled but it's the rare hunter's voice which like completely ruins the effect because it sounds so silly a little bit yeah yeah yeah. but he he so he starts talking and he greets uh yami as pharaoh uh and I forget what he says. I didn't write this down, but he, he says something along the lines of like, ah, I see that you are uh, still working with, uh, or I, I see that you are a more fierce competitor than when I dueled Little Yugi last time. Yeah. Which means Little Yugi is canon. <laughs> Thank you very much. I take my bow. 
so the big Yugi little Yugi thing is uh, is completely justified. Um, and then he says, uh, I am in control of, of this flesh being now. Yeah, congratulations. You have defeated the least skilled of my many minions. Something along those and, lines. And then he fucking plays him like a marionette. Yeah. Like, he does the whole, like, I got no strings on me dance, just, like, floating there in midair, like, his arms yeah. spinning around. At and... one point, he's just, like, flopping about, and then he, like, fully turns upside down and, like, does a flip in the air before landing back down. It's like it's like if you are doing, like, Gary's Mod or something, and you just grab a figure by the head yeah. and just start flailing <laughs> just it. just shake them. And so their limbs and stuff are flying everywhere, and, like, the joints don't aren't working as joints, so, like, bend backwards and stuff. Yeah, which is just a bad, it's a bad thing to watch. It's an uncomfortable thing to, to see. Especially, like, a sentient person in a children's cartoon show. Right. A grown yes. man who is now just get, being shook around. Presumably a flesh and blood human being. Uh, the, the, the evil... Uh, malevolent uh, spirit says uh, explains that each of the millennium items contains a different special power no shit Sherlock and that mind control is what is it like it's a it's no small feat for my millennium rod mind control is is. simple with my millennium rod to which Yugi says no good can come of that power yeah (laughs) thanks genius (laughs) it's mind control right (laughs) Thanks, Sherlock. Really appreciate that input. Uh, so the 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 voice introduces itself as Merrick. Finally, which I guess like we the audience have known for the for a bit because it says it in the subtitles, but this is the first time we get the name. Nice to meet you, Merrick. Like we uh, knew Merrick on the cover art for the show. <laughs> oh, that guy! I wondered who that was. Yeah, that's Merrick. Thank you. For everyone who's been listening along who hasn't known who Merrick is, ta-da! It's that other guy. It's that other guy. Uh, so Merrick says uh, something, 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 Millennium Rods, uh, but he's also interested in the Egyptian god cards, which is a new term for Yugi. He does the whole spiel that we got from Ishtar a few episodes back. Uh, and Yugi is like, uh, you can't get the power of my Millennium Item. I'll never let you have it. To which Merrick says, I don't want the power of the Millennium Items. That's not enough for me. Yeah, I don't give a shit about your puzzle. He says he wants the Pharaoh's power. And he adds, the boundless energy of the ancient ruler himself. I ship it. I ship it, but it also sounds like an energy drink. Yeah, Pharaoh's Power energy drink. Yeah. I got some right here. It has taurine and uh, exodine. Are your duels wearing you down? Take a swig of Pharaoh Power. It's got the boundless energy of the ancient ruler himself. Oh, God. One bottle of this and you'll obliterate your enemies. Millennium drink. Comes in new flavors. <laughs> like Magnet Warrior. Uh, revealing Light. Blueberry. And Sword. <laughs> uh, 
so, okay. So at this point, Yugi has a couple of weird lines. Yugi says, first off, it's my destiny to stand between you and the evil powers you seek. And I will. <laughs> it's my destiny to. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it. <laughs> Watch out. And, and then I think maybe this is a sign that he's been hanging out with Joey. He has another weird subtitle where he's thinking to himself, I have to beat him. And the subtitle doesn't go, I have to, H-A-V-E space T-O. It says, hafta, H-A-F-T-A. Like he's in a family circus. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. Wow, I don't know what happened my voice just then. That's exactly what it is. He does the like, uh, like the, what's what's that word for when you write in an accent? There's a word for it that I can't is think there? of right now. Anyway, that's what happens in the subtitles. He goes, I have to beat him. But my, just gotta. I have to beat him. Uh, at which point, Merrick's spirit leaves the rare hunter. and The rare hunter collapses into a pile of skin and bones. And it's terrifying, and he does not look to be the correct shape anymore. No, Merrick straight up says that he banished this guy's mind to the shadow realm. Yeah, which is fucked up. Like, we just have a dead body on our hands. Yeah, this now, is like, like canonically a soulless body just sitting there. But I guess that does bring us back to that question that we had when um, uh, Grandpa's soul and like Mokuba and, and Kaiba's souls were trapped in cards. Are their autonomic systems still going? Ostensibly, yes. Is the rare hunter still breathing and like does he have a heartbeat even though his mind has been banished to the shadow realm? I think so. I think his body is itself is just in a coma and his mind is trapped forever in uh, an alternate dimension. It's fine. He's fine. Uh, I mean fine is not the word that comes to mind, Jimmy. <laughs> fine does not seem to be what he is. <laughs> no, he's a broken shell of a man. And so Joey says, man, that was weird. I knew that guy was a big creep, but who knew he was just a front for an even bigger creep? I mean, yeah. yeah. There's yeah, always a bigger I don't know if saying fish. he's a front is sort of the, like, what? Yeah, like a, like an illegal business. Right. <laughs> no, that was an actual person. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like, what if we, <laughs> what if you and I were doing a much better podcast secretly? <laughs> and this podcast. Uh, you thought I was a podcast host, but it turns out I'm a much bigger podcast host than you ever expected. No. Not with. I, I ripped my headphones off. Waha. <laughs> Not with my, the power of my millennium blue snowball microphone. <laughs> Uh, okay, so jo so Yugi has red eyes. They turn away from the corpse in front of them. Yep. They forget that that whole thing just happened. And Yugi goes, here, Joey, here's your card back. And Joey says no. Joey insists that Yugi keeps the red eyes, even though he fully understands that it would throw off the entire balance of Yugi's deck. Uh... 
And he goes on this long monologue about friendship and how they've been friends for a long time and they've helped each other through thick and thin and they've, they're there for each other at every turn. And I genuinely got so bored that I stopped paying attention. He does kind of get long-winded. I think this is the longest that Joey has ever spoken at once. It goes on for several minutes. Uh, but then he says that if Yugi keeps red eyes... I hate this so much, Jimmy. He says, this means that a pot of me will always be pot of your deck. I don't know why he's Boston now, but he he tells Yugi that now Yugi can like has a part of him in his heart of the cards. I don't know. It would have been fine if he'd said like a part of my heart or like, or, or even if they'd gone, like, the Evangelion route, right? Pardon me, Evangelion route of, like, it's a memory of me. Oh, and here comes Pepper. Hey, bud. Yeah, put that microphone down so we can get that clickety-clack fully. Get that sweet ASMR. Where is he? <laughs> and there he goes. It's lovely audio. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, he he explains anyway that he's still in the contest because technically he di- he didn't lose during the tournament, and technically he still has the rare card requirement. And then he goes, "Well, actually, Yugi, you you do, <laughs> uh, because he still has a rare card that Yugi gave him way back in episode two, three of season one. A long time, Time ago. Wizard, Time Wizard." Was Yugi's uh, card. Which apparently is a rare card. Who knows? Who knew? But now each of them has, like, one of their favorite cards in the other's deck. Right. So Joey says, you know, when you uh, think about it, Yugi, both of our hearts are in our decks. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Joey, you're what? <laughs> you're what are in your where now? <laughs> That's not how that works. Is that... Hmm. Is this Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> Are we just watching Kingdom Hearts now? Uh, I'm sure they could come up with a way for them to share the same universe. Yeah, there would be a way, right? Uh, Joey is not done having bad lines, though, unfortunately. He says one more. Uh, as the the pair shake hands... And then very solemnly go their own separate ways for some reason. Yeah, they like they like huh, firm, manly handshake, and then they turn and walk in opposite directions. Yeah, without saying a word. See you. See you later in the tournament, I guess. Bye. Uh, Joey then has an inner monologue, in which he says another bad line. <laughs> Uh, which I feel like you should do because you, you we've established that you do the better Joey impression and this this needs some extra attention. The rare hunters have become the rare hunted. Hunted. Good job, Joey. I think it's the like way he pronounced it. Yeah, he says it. He says it bad. It was almost he like hunted. Hunted. Hunted, like with an accent mark over the e. It's like he's fucking Jonathan Van Ness or something. Like the more like rare hunties, am I right? 
And so they walk away, and nobody calls an ambulance for the mind-broken rare hunter lying comatose on the ground. In front of this fucking coffee shop in the middle of the city, there's just a... a I know, Pepper. I I know. He's upset about it. That's what my reaction was as well. Hey, hey, bud. Hey, little bud. It's kind of... What's that, Lassie? The rare hunter's at the bottom of the well? He's not even looking at either of us when he does that. <laughs> he, he stares off in the middle distance and just barks at nothing. Uh, yeah, no, he went out earlier. Yeah. Sometimes you just got a bork. Sometimes, sometimes a bork, a bork, he's got, got a bork. Um, but yeah, no, so they've left, they've left what amounts to a dead body in the middle of this town square. Yeah, welcome to the podcast, Lauren. Uh, and it's, not remarked on no like dozens of people were watching this battle and they just leave they go back okay, to what they're you, doing you know what would make this episode a million times better what if we got a cutaway shot of the two businessmen from, <laughs> from oh, two episodes ago i miss those guys say bob is that a dead body uh yeah i i think that man died from dueling too hard oh you die in the game, you die in real life? That seems dangerous. <laughs> and then, like, the teenagers... Nothing happens. The teenagers would show up next to them and be like, Yeah, old man, that's what makes it so extreme. Live on the edge. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't see them this episode. That's disappointing. I was hoping they'd stick around and be more uh, more side characters. Who like, knows? Throughout this, uh, maybe the show. they'll come back. Man, I hope so. I love those guys. Part of me still wants them to become duelists and like show up in the last episode and be like super good <laughs> because they're grown-ups who have like critical thinking skills and like disposable <laughs> income to put towards cards. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> like like Bob just goes into Grandpa's card shop and is just like, "So I saw this cool this uh this fun game all the kids were playing. Can you teach me how?" And then like in the in the last episode, he shows up. He's just like in his regular business suit, and then like the dual disc erupts from outside of it, from inside his uh, his business suit arm. <laughs> yeah, it was like, "Hey, Yugi, it's time to duel." Did I say it right? Anyway, I'm gonna <laughs> kick your ass, kid. Bob, Bob, in the on the sidelines, being like, "Yeah, you, you tell him. <laughs> you got this, uh, man." Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? God, of this episode, my favorite, okay, my favorite part was seeing Exodia's severed head just kind of floating there menacingly. (laughs) (laughs) Menacingly in giant air quotes. Yeah, it's like, look out, he's got 200 points of attack power, he's gonna get you. He's gonna get you. He's gonna get you, look out, it's Exodia, (laughs) the forbidden one. Oh, it's just his head. Run away from Exodia's head in a serpentine pattern. Stroll away from Exodia. Walk, don't run. <laughs> uh, yeah, it. You know, it. It had a certain degree of. I'm so sorry, Pepper's just running around now. He's getting his breakfast. Ah. Uh, Exodia had a certain amount of charm to it, I suppose. <laughs> 
it was just so hyped up for Exodia come out and Yugi's got to fight Exodia. And then it's just like his head sticking out of the battlefield, just kind of sitting there. It was just a very ridiculous sight to behold. And like, the, I keep bringing up the lips, but they really do freak me out because they make me think of what his voice actually sounds like. Ishri, Exodia. Hey guys, did I miss anything? It's me, Exodia's head. <laughs> I, I'm just down here. You want to? Can you come down here for a second? Like, just try holding your lips back and talking. Oh, thank you. Yes, I would like more coffee. Uh, just. It's Exodia. And he doesn't have a nose either. Exodia of So you kind of talk to your nose. You kind of have to. <laughs> yes, I just need Exodia. I know a system. And I'll be running for president in 2020. <laughs> Hi, I'm Exodia, and I'm running for a shitty council here in beautiful <laughs> Domino City. I have such a passion for the people of Domino City. Uh, if you come out to the farmer's market this weekend, the 24th, I'll be there. Uh, come up, and I'd love to say hi. Uh, and talk about my, my policy physicians. Because, as we all know, when you think of Exodia, you think public servant. <laughs> Even though I cannot say the word public servant correctly, because I have no lists. <laughs> <laughs> Domino City! Need, Domino City deserves better. <laughs> The current leadership is ineffective. Lawrence Lawrence in the kitchen just being like, what the fuck is happening? I said, what has become of your podcast? This is the best audio I could ask for. So please vote for me, Exodia, for Domino City Council. Uh, A vote for Exodia is a vote for a winner. (laughs) A vote for Exodia Um, is a vote for small businesses. (laughs) Oh my god. This is the worst audio. What was your favorite part, uh, Tyler? My favorite part is Mokuba Battle City Commissioner. Oh, yeah. What? What possible I, okay. qualifications does he have besides the season zero and manga episodes where he runs a death tower? No, 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 but here's the thing, here's the thing. So it's, so, A, it's just nepotism, right? Yeah. Like, we understand that. It's just Kaiba realizing, like, somebody says, hey, you should hire somebody to, like, make sure everybody follows the rules. And he just, like, looks around the room, and there's Mokuba, because Mokuba's always there, and he goes, eh, the kid can do it. Yeah, he's over, he's, like, over in the corner sitting with blocks that he's playing with, and, like, Thomas the Tank Engine toys, like, smacking them together. <laughs> right. And he's, like, he's reenacting the fight scene from Ant-Man because he thought that movie was super cool. <laughs> yeah, and then Kaiba's just like, huh. yeah, he can do it. We gotta keep it in the family. I don't trust anyone yeah. else. And and I think Kaiba's just at the point where He's like the godfather. Job... It has to go to a family member. Right, right, right. But also, like, any job that is not CEO of Kaiba Corp could just be done by any like any child like he has such low regard for anyone but himself that he thinks that oh well if a business person can do if if somebody with a master's degree in like 
uh, uh, business administration can do, can do this job. I'm sure my six-year-old little brother can do it. Yeah, I mean, we share the same DNA, right? He's probably at least half as smart as me, which means he's easily oh. twice as smart as everyone else in this company. I, I didn't even think of it as that. I thought of it as just like he has slow regard for business in general. <laughs> like he doesn't even think Mokuba is that smart. That's why he's uh, just... I'm looking up I'm looking at Mokuba's age real quick. Uh okay. In, in the Japanese show how's that? Literal toddler Mokuba. Uh what well, no, he's he's eleven. What? There's uh, no way he's eleven. Okay. Big so, brother. Uh, let me let me pull let me pull up uh that was from official anime okay i don't care here's, about here's... thomas the tank engine anymore big brother it's for babies i'm really into bionicle uh his birthday is july 7th happy belated birthday mokuba uh oh shit it doesn't list it on the on the wikia his least favorite food is celery uh his blood type is o but we don't know how old this kid is um let's see he's got Yugopedia. How old is Mokuba Kaiba? In the anime's childhood picture, a scene of Seto Kaiba playing with Mokuba in the orphanage, they both look very young and small, seem to have a difference of about one to three years in age. In the anime's first season, although their adoptive father, Go- Gozaburo, is already dead, and Kaiba is now the CEO of Kaiba Corp, Kaiba is still seen in the same... Oh, okay, shit. Everything uh, you can ever want to know about Mokuba, except how old he is. Okay, so I'm going to go with... Uh... Oh, okay. According to the Shonen Jump Yu-Gi-Oh guide, he is 11 or 12. Okay. So how uh, old is Seto? Seto is like 16, I think. Uh Here we go. Seto Kaiba age 18. Huh. Okay. In the in the US version. That doesn't explain uh, then, why his brother is like 3 feet tall. Right. That's that's the crazy thing to me is uh so Serenity is also 13. She's the same age as Mokuba. Right. But they are entirely different I mean everything, frankly. Uh oh no, pardon me. Okay, hang on. So it depends on what source you look at here, but depending on where you're looking, he's either 16 or 18. And then by the end of the series, Seto. he's about twenty. So like by the end of all all seasons of Dual Monsters, you're talking about Seto, in GX. Right? Say again. You're talking about Seto. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. There's no uh, way. <laughs> and then in GX, he's twenty eight, which is the same age as, as Yugi. Uh, so based on that, we can assume there's about a five year age gap between uh, Seto and Mokuba. I just remember that so, GX stands for Generation Next and got mad. <laughs> so, okay. So, so if Seto is 16, that makes Kaiba 9. No, uh, 11. Sorry. Okay. Man. So. Poor kid really needs to hit puberty. <laughs> right. But also, that, okay, makes it a little bit better, I guess, that he can be, you know, trusted with, with being Battle City Commissioner. And also, we've seen in this series that he literally ran all of the dueling arenas in uh, Kaiba Land. He was like the manager. Yeah. So he's he's eleven. He's already had management experience. Of course, he should be Battle City Commissioner. Put this kid on the fast track to management. 
Right. Like, in on one hand, yes, it is nepotism, and he is an 11-year-old child, but also, who is better qualified than Mokuba Kaiba to be Battle City Commissioner? Probably literally any adult, but sure. I mean, okay, sure, fine, yes. But Mokuba is my favorite part. Uh, what's your least favorite part of this show? Uh, the in- of the show? Of the episode? <laughs> what's your least favorite part of Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> Let's see, my least favorite part of this episode... Probably the entire beginning of the duel before they got to the Exodia parts, because there was so much useless shit that happened. Yeah. There was a lot. But really, like, that extends into the whole last episode as well. Like, anything <laughs> before Exodia shows up was just unnecessary. It was yeah, just I'm trying padding. to think if there's any, like, big set... I mean, other than the whole thing where he's, like, threatening to rip up Red Eyes if Joey gives it away, right? Yeah. But that also counts as, like, Exodia stuff, I guess. I guess. Technically. Yeah, this whole, like, this whole first part of this episode was just padding to get to Exodia to raise the stakes. Yep. Yeah, basically. It's like, oh, you want to see Exodia first? You have to see Stone Statue get demolished by Chimera. Right. And it's like, who cares? Yeah. Show me me the good stuff. I guess it's like I said, I think I said this last week, it might have been two weeks ago now, but like, I think they're just at a point now where they know they want to have a duel, but it's gotten to the point where you can't have a duel in 20 minutes. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't fit. Yeah. But it's also a, like trying to make a duel 40 minutes, two episodes is too long. So they can do like 30 minutes. Right. I think they could do a 30 minute episode duel and a perfectly. Half. Right. If there were, if it weren't for commercials, if yeah. Netflix was around at this point and you could just do it streaming, I think the episode length would be perfect, and this could be a one episode thing. They could have, but then we wouldn't have gotten the wonderful uh, old men commentating. But we didn't this episode. Didn't. They would have had to so cut it out point? of the last episode. I don't know. That's a good worst, though. It, yeah. What was your worst? But that last part was so good. Yeah. That, I mean, maybe it made up for it. I. It, do you feel like it, it? It 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 accommodated for the. It had some very good combos. Yeah. In terms of like dueling strategies, these were pretty good. All the like techniques Yugi used to like slow down the inevitable and make it not inevitable. Uh, like the, all the trap cards. <laughs> it made it evitable. <laughs> it was evitable. Uh, the trap cards that he played, um, chain destruction was really cool. So yeah, chain that, destruction's badass. All of that, all of that part was pretty good. It was just the lead up to all that was basically worthless. Yeah, ba- yeah, absolutely. What was your worst? <sighs> My worst. Shit, I feel like I had it, and then I lost it, because I do agree with you that it's just, it. why does it take so long? Oh, no, I know what my fucking worst is. He tears up all the goddamn cards. Oh. Jimmy? You know what? Yes. He tears up, that was... he tears up what may be every Exodia. <laughs> that may have been, like, an honorable worst for me. It was straight like, out of left a... field. 
Right. And this person is like, okay, called a rare hunter. So Yugi should be able to ascertain like, okay, this dude has just a lot of rare cards. He's got three copies of Exodia. Like, fine, he's got some invisible ink on it. Not everyone is walking around with x-ray contact lenses. Like, Yeah, just wipe it off or something. Right. Alert the authorities. It's so extreme. Narc this guy out to Kaiba. It's so out of character for Yugi. Why? Like, he's not a, he's never been a violent person, right? Like, except for maybe, except for maybe whatever the fuck, like, uh, open your mind thing in like episode one. I mean, he's super violent in the old series, but in this series, he's a, he's an innocent, sweet child. Right. Like, what a fucking waste, right? Like, and, and again, like you said, he's a he's a sweet, innocent child. Like, maybe he just doesn't know any better. He just doesn't have the critical thinking skills to think that far ahead of, like, oh, maybe I should have saved these ultra-rare cards that nobody else has. Like, maybe I should have kept those for something. Yeah, but still, like, even, like, disregarding the, the whole, like, aspect of the, the cards being rare and powerful, it's almost like, from everything we've seen of Yugi, he, like, trusts his cards, and he's like... He loves the cards and he's friends with them. And he like, it's almost like they're his Pokemon or something. Yeah, and he, wants and to he take teaches care of other people to feel the same yeah, way. Yeah, part of the cards. It just seems disrespectful to Exodia, who won him his first like critical duel. Right. That you would take his cards it's, and rip them up. It's unthinkable. It's like what? It's the closest this and, uh, show gets to like blasphemy. Yeah, that's really what it is. It's blasphemy. <laughs> and there's no there's no mechanical reason for it. No. It's not like, oh, if he doesn't destroy the cards now, they'll come back later on. Like, no, just forget about yeah, them. Yeah, this dude got knocked just out of the like, tournament. Yeah, just be like, oh, I'll hang on to these two because he is dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and just like put them in a pocket and never speak of them again. Yeah, or get them, like, appraised. Give them to grandpa. Give them to your grandpa, who's been nothing but kind to you. Who's literally given you cards. And a room in his house. Right. Oh, and by the way, who's, like, who let you borrow Blue-Eyes White Dragon, and then you fucking got that card tore up, like... And now you're going to go and tear a bunch of cards up? I mean, maybe that's the point. Maybe they're trying to draw similarities between Yugi and Kaiba so that, like, when they have that final duel at the end, it's like, oh, we're we're two sides of the same coin, Kaiba. We're both bound by our destinies. We're brothers, I don't know why I'm you being and I. There, but, yeah, it's just... Not so different, are we, Spider-Man? <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuck Yugi, is what I'm trying yeah, to say. come on. What a dick... <sighs> Do you want to end this episode on a high note? I would love to end this okay, episode on a high note. Let's get away from the absolutely horrible things we've seen, the war crimes that we've seen Yugi perform, the, oh, and move on to the monster bracket that you texted me about a week ago because you were excited for my reaction to this one. I'm so excited for this. It's time for the monster bracket. 
Jimmy, as you know, every week we pit two monsters from season two against each other so that we may culminate in one ultimate Battle City monster champion. This week we have a very exciting lineup. Uh, whose turn is it to read these? Uh, do you want to read these? Should I read these? I don't remember. I'll, I'll read them. Okay. Uh, I'm very excited for these combatants, uh, specifically because I know exactly how you are going to vote. So let's let's go ahead and introduce them. From the depths of the Florida swamps, it's worse than an alligator. It's worse than a sword. It's alligator's sword. (laughs) And in the other corner, there's Narwhal to run and Narwhal to hide. Moby Dick is back, and this time it's personal. It's Fortress Whale. Yeah, Fortress Whale! Uh, okay, Jimmy, before before we can talk about these cards, I'm going to give the numbers real quick. Fortress Whale is a level 7 fish ritual monster who has 2350 attack and 2150 defense, whereas Alligator's Sword is a, four, a level 4 beast normal monster with 1500 attack and 1200 defense. Okay, now you can talk about these cards. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Alligator's Sword first? Let's begin with Alligator Sword. Describe the look of this bad boy to me. <laughs> First, let's start with the name. Alligator's Sword. Alligator apostrophe yes. S sword. Not the alligator, yes. just his sword. An alligator does appear on this card, but it is not the subject. No, the sword is the real meat of this thing. But the alligator does appear. Uh, and you know what it looks like? Uh, it looks exactly like the Lizalfos from Ocarina of Time. Yeah, that's it. There it is. It's that plus... Like um, if that shitty low polygon model was translated to art, that's what it looks like. It's a skinny... Do you remember Gex? I do remember Gex. I remember... It reminds me of Gex. He does look like Gex. It's a skinny alligator creature, lizard guy, person, uh, with right. some... Dark spiky armor. Man, I remember playing Gex on my in my friend's basement, which was rare because we lived in California, and no one has basements in California because when there's an earthquake, you don't want your house to fall into a giant hole in the ground. Yeah. Uh, huh. Uh, Gex was the game that introduced me to the phrase "nude jazzercise." <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> one of the loading screens. It's like uh, you know. Uh, because they're all there's like a bunch of quotes yeah. i forget which gex game this is from but there's a bunch of quotes from gex and it's like things that he says and one of them is like oh, i'll be right back i'm gonna go do some new jazzercise no i only ever played gex uh 64 enter the gecko ah uh, uh gex oh this is uh i'm gonna regret this search oh no <laughs> I'm gonna regret this so much are you googling gex new jazzercise yeah. Please don't do this to yourself. Um. Okay, somebody called it out as a Gex reference. Um. Yeah, there are no. Uh. There's. Yeah. There's no links that I feel comfortable uh, clicking on. So I'm just gonna back out of That's that. Fair. Anyway, so let's talk about the sword. The actual subject of this card. It looks pretty cool. It's a pretty cool sword. It. It's like a. It's like a scimitar. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, uh, but it's got a wider sort of uh, tip end than usual. It's got kind of a, a another little spike that comes out that's very shiny. 
uh, and it's got this like swirl motif along the blade. So you've got these three notches cut out and then a, a swirl. And it's a really big contrast between the light and dark sides of the sword. Yeah. So it's, it's really neat. The, the hilt of the sword, there's a, a guard and a pommel that seem to be a gold-plated skull. I guess it must be a skull because the other side of it looks like a foot. But I guess it is a skull because it's got teeth. I think it's I think it's two parts of a skull. And here's the weird thing is, is it looks like a similar skull to the alligator that is holding the sword. The alligator in quotes. Because there's these two spikes coming out of their helmet. Yeah. But the two spikes are also coming out of the skull. And actually, there's three spikes in the skull, so it's even scarier. Ooh. Um, yeah, whose skull but, is uh, that? Yeah, and then, it, and then it has teeth, yeah. which is fun. And it's golden. It's a cool-looking sword. It's a golden skull hilt. Yes. Indiana Jones and the golden skull. Yeah, if you saw this uh, in like a dungeon, you would not pick it up because that thing is definitely like cursed or it's going to hex you or it's like sentient and is going to convince you to stab your friend. Yeah, like if, if I were to put this in a D&D game, it would be a plus one sword, but you can never put it down. And it thirsts for blood. And it thirsts for blood. Whoops. Uh, let's read the card text real okay. quick before moving on, because the card text and alligator sword, I feel like needs to go along with that description. Um, <laughs> I just Jimmy, clicked on the there, link and saw what you're about to read. There is a subset of cards that were written from Joey's perspective. Like, I think they were written by Joey. Like there's a bunch of warrior cards that were like, obviously written by joey and this is one of is them is this one of them okay it feels like one of them anyway because the text on the card says hey dis mighty lizard can <laughs> i fucked it up already hey dis mighty lizard man can swing a sword so fast that it's more than the speed of sound <laughs> that is 100 percent joey sentence a dis d-i-s mighty Lizard, L-I-S-S-A-R-D, man, can swing his sword so fast that it's more Dan the speed a sound. Speed a sound. So alligator's sword can go over like 800 miles an hour. Right. It's specifically because of how muscly the, the alligator is, but the sword is still the focus, I would imagine. Yeah. So... Okay, so that's Alligator Sword. It's still a beast, even though the card title is Alligator's Sword. Right, right. It's still, I mean, the sword has to be wielded by something. It's not a sentient sword for what we, we can tell. Uh, at this point, should we move to our other combatant? Let us do so. Can you describe Fortress Whale? I would love to describe Fortress Whale. What if Moby Dick was here to fuck you up? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he was a zombie. Fortress Whale right. is an enormous, uh, I would say, necrotic-looking narwhal. It has massive, like, pointy teeth that end, like, in, like, black spikes. It has a single glinting beady eye that just glimmers with malice. Um, what's the sorry? What's the thing that whales have that they catch krill in? Oh, what's that baleen. called? Baleen. It looks like baleen, but it's it's been made into teeth. Yeah. 
Uh, are they teeth anyway. or is it baleen that's been sculpted? Who knows? It looks like baleen that's if, been sculpted. I don't to want me. to get close enough to Which find is, out. Yeah, it's even creepier somehow. But no, continue. Um, out like bursting forth from its head is an enormous spike. It's not like a long, thin one like a regular narwhal. This is like a dungeon stalagmite kind of spike, and it almost looked yeah, like it, it almost looks like it's not part of its body, but was added later. It does not look like it's supposed to be there. It looks like somebody like shoved a spike into this thing from like from inside the back of the head yeah. and then just like forced it out the forehead this uh this whale has clearly been like forced into this position because on his back uh erupting forth from his spine there is what looks like a stone um like a, like a cone and out of the cone is an enormous fortress hence the name Right, but a World War Two style, yeah, cannons and everything, like a like a World War Two warship. Just describing a narwhal. Yeah, no, it's it's a narwhal. No, I know, but that's what that's like. A, sounds like a real narwhal without the cannons. Oh, without the cannons, though. Yeah, did you know that the the horn on a narwhal narwhal is actually a tooth that grows out the center of their forehead and it never heals. Science facts from Lauren. A wound where the tooth has come out. I did know that. Isn't that gruesome? <laughs> That's like uh, that's like that scene from X Men where uh, Wolverine's claws come out and Rogue's like, "Does it hurt?" And he goes, "Every time." Imagine if you had. Damn, I'm sorry, Narwhals. Yeah, imagine if you had one tooth like erupting f- through the front of your face. I have a hard enough time with my multiple teeth erupting from the correct parts of my face. <laughs> the fortress uh, whale. But anyway, is just why you this Narwhal has races. cannons. Yeah. He has, like, World War II battleship cannons on swivels, like, sticking out the, the top of his back. And, uh, Jimmy, I'm just gonna say it. It's fucking badass. This is rad as hell. I love Fortress Flail. This is terrifying. Uh, this is super cool. I want to fight one of these things in a D&D game. Or, like, ride right? on one of them. I want to tame it. Yes. This is my new mobile fortress whale. Is it tame? Or do uh, they just grow like that? Is it like No, Pokemon? but it is nice. <laughs> uh, okay, the card text here makes it a little bit more metal. Oh. Not by a whole lot, but just a little bit. I had to do a separate Google search for it because it's not listed on the Yu-Gi-Oh! website. Yeah, that's weird. The text on the card says, This monster can only be ritual summoned with the ritual spell card... Fortress Whale's Oath. Ooh, you have to swear an oath to the Fortress Whale. Or the oath... You swear a blood oath to the Fortress Whale. Uh, which is fucking badass, right? Yeah. Like, uh, the Fortress Whale's Oath card is pretty cool, too, because it's the same art, but it's rising up out of the water. Uh... You must also tribute summon... Uh, oh, I see. Uh, the the text on Fortress Whale's Oath card is... Uh, this card is used to ritual summon Fortress Whale. You must also tribute summon monsters whose total levels equal seven or more from the field or from your hand. I... So it's also a tribute. Okay. Which is cool. I... So literally, yeah, you're swearing a blood oath to the Fortress Whale. I Google image searched Fortress Whale, and there's some really cool, like, fan art of it. I'll drop one in here. 
Oh, I can imagine. It's like almost like uh, a zombie fortress whale. Oh shit! Yeah. But my f- oh, this one's got like like actual ship cannons on yeah. it too. But my favorite is this one. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like a it's like a floating city. There's like there's what there's like a, a dozen cannons on the back here. Yeah, it's like a city on the back of this enormous whale. It's like that one Doctor Who episode with the space whale when Britain has been transported onto the back of that whale. Yeah, Same thing. that's exactly what this is. Oh shit! Uh, this this art is by Andy Tintawi Belzark. Uh, go go look that shit up. I'm gonna. Do I mean, that we'll probably right put now. it on the Instagram if we're being honest. But Andy. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. Ah, uh, he's got a deviant on... art. What's he's that? Got a deviant art. Oh, perfect. Oh, he's got a bunch of really cool art on here, of dragons and shit. What's the uh? What's the username? Andy Ten Tawi Bills Arc. Oh, okay. Red eyes, black dragon is on here. Some mechs. Uh oh, he's got an Instagram. Same username. Nice. So go look that up. Oh shit! He drew a really cool uh, Exodia. Ooh, Jimmy. We do need to finish this podcast, okay. though. Sorry, I'm geeking out over art. <laughs> uh, okay. Alligator sword versus fortress whale. Speaking on art alone, how are we feeling? Alligator sword is cool, but cool. Yeah, it's cool in like a '90s mascot sort of way. Like, yes. I'm half expecting this guy to be skating around on a skateboard. Right. Um, but in terms of, like, fear and power, there's no question. It's got to be Fortress Whale. No Fortress contest. Whale is terrifying to look at. This is yeah, so bad. I, I would not even want to be in the same ocean as this no. thing, much less in the same duel. Uh, numbers wise as well, the edge goes to Fortress Whale. Uh, I'm looking and I'm not seeing any, whoops. I I think like the main downside of Fortress Whale is that you need the ritual to do it. Yeah. But like, you know, for a high level monster, that's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at similar cards to Fortress Whale, or pardon me, to Alligator Sword. <laughs> if you scroll down on Yu-Gi-Oh.com, you see similar cards. It's like where you'd see the selfies. I think I know the card you're looking at. Tyler, are you looking at Big Koala? <laughs> I am. I am looking at Big Koala. Oh, I love him. I think, though, I think ultimately that is the downside to Alligator Sword is like, Alligator Sword, you're just going to look at similar cards and be like, yeah, but I'd rather have Big Koala. <laughs> Give me that big koala, though. I clicked on big koala. You know what big koala's attack and defense are? 20, Super 2700 and 2000. It's such a big koala. <laughs> and he's got little tiny koalas trying to climb up his sides. He's eating an entire tree. Uh, oh, I love big koala. Anyway. Uh, big anyway, koala is I not think that part means... of this bracket. But no, special I think that means that Fortress Whale wins it, though. I think Fortress Whale cinches oh, that one. Oh, for sure. There is no question in my mind that Fortress Whale is a clear winner here. It's super badass to look at. I don't even... I, just like knowing this thing exists means it's too late. It's coming for you. 
<laughs> You're gonna be hit by cannon shots from over the horizon. Right. By the time you hear it coming, all is already lost. Yeah. By the time you hear the bosun say Tharshi blows, it's you who are getting blowed up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, congratulations, Fortress Whale. You you win this one. No, no, you won. No, calm down, calm down. It's fine. No, Fortress Whale, Fortress Whale, settle, settle. Thank you. I guess that's what a Fortress Whale would sound like. You sure, would be not? like, oh, I'm going to kill you and your whole family. Fortress Whale is just always playing the 1812 Overture. <laughs> you can hear the music coming. That's its main weakness. That's what it is. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do us uh, for this episode. Um, if you want to get a hold of us and talk about uh, Monster Bracket or anything else, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can find our website at heartofthe.cards. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at yampod. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. Uh, yeah, all the places. Go give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. You're pointing. You're pointing at the camera. No, I was giving you a thumbs up. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I think you had a, an extra point to make. All those. Um, go and go and catch up on Jimmy's other podcast, uh, Dungeons Against Humanity, DungeonsAgainstHumanity.net. Dah podcast. Season two. Yeah. Season two coming eventually. Yeah. Next. Yeah. I don't know when. I'll talk to my DM and find out. In in a number of units of time, season two will occur. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, is there anything else you wanna you wanna drop before nope. we go? Uh, remember everyone that we make this show for free and there's no ads, so please take that money that you spend uh, that you spend, take the money that you spend and save it. Take the money that you uh, uh might spend for a, a Patreon or a, a donation button or uh, the time that you would waste on ads and spend that in places where they can actually use it, such as the Yellowhammer Fund, Yellowhammer.org. Uh, Trans Lifeline, translifeline.org, or uh, the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, pancan.org. Uh, all those links are in the show notes or on our website. Uh, yeah, even just a couple of bucks goes a long way. So do that uh, instead of paying us two assholes to make a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, yes. <laughs> please. Uh, with that said, until next time. Way to put that caped clown on the endangered species list. <laughs>